again predicted in Ireland in all senses of the word. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Nick Tompkins earns a first start for Wales out in Dublin and paid tribute to the importance of his grandmother from Wrexham. It was a big decision for me, but that was one thing that I, I kept thinking, I kept going back to how proud she would have been, so I'm really, I know she would have been proud. Wales women bring back Nan and Johns at the weekend, an exciting year which will see her head to Oxford University in October as well. I only get these opportunity once, so take them with both hands, you know. I mean, I'm playing for my country and I'm getting to go to an amazing university, so yeah, I'm just excited. Well, Wales under-20s are determined to bounce back from their opening defeat against Italy, even though it doesn't get any easier. No, Grand Slam champions at home, but then at, at the same time, I think we're pretty good as well, she's been on the dogs. We've got to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, but just get stuck into them. And the 20s head coach Gareth Williams, more from them later, and from Wales women, of course, and why Nick Tompkins has earned the nickname Neil. And that's where we'll start with a team to face Ireland. Tompkins starting the midfield after coming off the bench last week as the only change. Coach Wayne Pivak explained. More around the ability and the game played by Nick Tompkins, both when he came on as a replacement for the HIA and then as a full sub at the end of the game, I thought he played very, very well. And we think he deserves a start, so that's what he's getting. And uh, George moves out one to the wing. We're also very pleased with George's game. So Johnny Mack's the one that is the casualty, and he goes to the bench. He'll get an opportunity off the bench this week. Did you consider a long-time changes elsewhere in the team? Uh, no, we wanted to keep it reasonably consistent. We thought that you know, overall we got what we wanted out of the game, the five points. There was some good play there. There was some parts of our game which need to be looked at, which we've done this week, and hopefully there'll be... Uh, a marked improvement so we got what we needed out of the game and now we, we move forward and um, keeping that team the nucleus uh, as it is I think <coughs> will help us achieve that. How have you addressed the, the scrimmaging issue then? We've looked at the scrum, we've reviewed it and we probably didn't agree with all of the decisions there so some of it, you know, a lot of those calls, you know, you can look at a, an elbow or a bind on a loose head or you can look at the angle of a tight head so, you know, we see one thing, the referee sees another at times so, look, that's just part and parcel of the game but we've worked very hard on the scrum this week because we know it'll be another step up this week. A lot of changes on the bench including both half-backs? Yes, Gareth back from injury so we think that they all deserve a go in the first uh, couple of games and uh, coming back from that injury he'll come off the bench and yeah, Owen Williams I think this week just gives us a little bit more coverage in the back line um, and the fact that he can play in more than one position 10 and 12 so that's the reason behind that. What are you expecting from Ireland? Is it going to be a, a feisty affair up front uh, particularly given that the weather's not likely to be great? Yeah well, they're a very very physical team and if you let them get on the front foot they're, they're very very dangerous so We've got to be very careful in the areas that we play and make sure that we match that physicality that is obviously going to be there. And we know it's not an easy place to go. The record uh, speaks for itself there. So it's going to be a big challenge, but we certainly have to front up uh, physically and make sure that we play at the right ends of the field. Ready for a stormy day? <laughs> yeah, more fronts than one. And what about uh, Ireland and uh, Farrell? What were your initial impressions on how different they were from <coughs> Ireland and the Schmidt? There's a willingness there to play a little bit more expansive rugby and you've got to realise that game was a very, very physical game and so it was a war of attrition in the end, I think, and, you know, Ireland did well. They came out on top and, and got the four points. So, again, they'll be in a, a similar position to ourselves looking to build on that performance, so we expect them to come out bigger and better. 
when they're all first through the first match back in November, first Six Nations match last weekend, now a first match away from Cardiff, how different are you expecting that to be the away challenge? The environment will be the same. It'll be a great occasion, a lot of support, vocal support, which um, for the players at this level of the game they love. So it's another big stage. It will be, as history shows, a tough place to go and get the result, but certainly we're working very, very hard to, to try and achieve that. The expression you just used yourself then, War of Attrition Ireland, did make hard work of it on Saturday. Did it surprise you how lacklustre they did? You've got to pay tribute, I think, also to the way Scotland played and, and you know the difference between that World Cup game, uh, which I was lucky enough to be present at, between Ireland and Scotland. It was a totally different affair. Uh, Scotland were right up for this game and obviously um, played a lot better. So uh, part of it's got to be the way the opposition play. You can only play with what's in front of you and, and adjust accordingly. So it was a tough game, but a tough game coming out on the right side of the ledger usually puts you in a good place for the next match. And as you've already been speaking about, Nick, Tompkins gets what many people see as a deserved start after his performance off the bench last weekend. How impressed have you been to what you've seen from him and how good a piece of business was it from the WRU to snatch him away before England could happen? Well, it was a very good piece of business, but also he's been, in terms of what the public have seen and what you've seen on the field last weekend, we've been seeing that in training every day. Uh, not only in training, but the way he conducts himself off the field. He's a true professional, and for a young man at his age 24, he's a seasoned pro, and you know he handles himself very, very well. He's been very impressive, and yeah, I just hope he goes as well starting as he did coming off the bench. Said there's nothing wrong with George's performance at 13 of the weekend, but I, I guess you feel that you get more out of George North in his natural position. Oh look, we were we were happy with George. Yeah. He, he got his hands on the ball a lot more, and it was the first start. It's just really, Nick played so well, we felt we couldn't leave him out based on that performance. And it just shows every player in the squad that, you know, if you play well, you get rewarded. So now yeah, it's an opportunity for George again off the wing. And we're trying to build his game and get him as many touches as we can early in a game. And hopefully we'll be able to achieve that on the weekend. Some good choices and strength and depth there. But we can hear now from Nick Tompkins, who, as you can hear, was in pretty relaxed form about earning his first start in only his second cap. It's unbelievable, to be honest. It's one of those where I, I thought maybe on the bench, I didn't really think, I wasn't sure if I'd start, because um, all the boys have played really well as well. So, But it's uh, one of those where it's, it's a dream, and I'm going to hopefully try and step up and do what I can. Was it made easier by getting on after just 10 minutes against Italy? Absolutely, yeah. I was no, I was very, very nervous. <laughs> but I got to run around, expel a lot of nervous energy, and so that was brilliant, yeah. And what about the way that you adapted to the uh, the pace of international rugby? You seem to uh, take it all in your stride. Uh, well, it didn't feel like that at first, but um, like I said, it was lucky to get out with that 10 minutes and calm myself down, realise that it, I, I think I can handle this level. I, I'm supposed to be there and back myself a little bit, so that's kind of where I was at and I, I'm, I'm confident I can keep up with it. So is it all comparable, basically, to Champions Cup rugby, which you're used to with Saracens? Yeah, I think it is. If I was to equate it to stuff like that, you have the club teams that sometimes they do feel like test matches, and I've heard some of the boys say that, and I kind of got a grasp of that. It's probably going to be bigger, no disrespect to Italy, but it's another step up with Ireland. So it's going to be one of those where I'm going to be seeing, I'm going to be confident, I'm going to try and hit the ground running. Robbie Henshaw is your uh, opponent? Yeah, aside for Gary Ringrose, I think it was at hand. I think he's a great player, and obviously Robbie Henshaw is a fantastic player as well. Two great centres they've got in Bundiaki and himself. So, 
anyone they bring in is going to be class, so it's going to be a great opportunity and I'm, I'm really excited for it. Maybe not quite as much uh, wide rugby as you would otherwise have liked though from the Welsh point of view? Yeah, no, maybe, but we'll see. You've got to adapt to whatever the opposition gives you, whatever the weather gives you. So, I mean, I, I think you can understand I've been in many Saracen wins where we haven't really won it, um, spun it wide. So I'm ready for any kind of, any game that comes. And what's the uh, family reaction been like? It's been amazing. It's honestly, they, well, they still can't, they're still talking about it now. So I think they weren't meant to um, fly out to Ireland, but they're, they're all coming now. So <laughs> even my dad's side, it was brilliant watching him in a, it, having him uh, uh, got a shirt on. So that was the best. And all this um, must be, I suppose, a, a welcome relief after the, what's been going on back at Saracens. Nice to be in another world at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I can still keep in touch with all the boys, trying to hear what the, what the mood's like. So it has been a nice distraction because it's been pretty tough over there. But um, yeah, this is something that I'm, I'm here, I'm focused on this So at the moment, so it's, it's good. Can you just give us an idea of the conversations with Wales and uh, whether there was any contact at any point from Eddie Jones from England? No, well, there wasn't any, any contact from Eddie. I, I mean, I just had contact with Wayne and Wayne called me. I was more than happy to, to meet him and to get the opportunity. Um, it just was just, I, I couldn't have accepted it quick enough. So it was one of those where I was just so happy to have it. Tell us, what was your grandmother in particular's reaction to you wearing the red jersey? Well, she well she she died. Oh, uh, it's okay. Sorry, she died. That's right. No, well, I know she would have been really proud. And actually, that's something that's a massive. It was a big decision for me, but that was one thing that I, I kept thinking. I kept going back to how proud she would have been. So I'm really, really fortunate that um, not fortunate she can see it, but I know she would have been proud. And what's the side of your dad in the red jersey? What was that like? That was even better. I mean, that was <laughs> that was just brilliant. That was. My brother was wearing a shirt, and he, I think he cried as well, which was. Yeah. which was very funny to see, but it's, I mean, they're all just so proud and happy. You know all the words to the national anthem yet? Yes, I do yeah. now, yeah. Well, I, I had to learn it. I made sure I coming in. Course. You can't not learn it, especially with Ken Owens. He was, <laughs> he was helping me out as well, but it's good. You need to master the Ken Owens and Alan Jones, you know, tear running down the cheek as well. Yeah, well, I'll try, but, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll just keep trying to remember the anthem at first. <laughs> Obviously brought up in the English system, playing for Saracens, but that Welsh side of the family, you know, they've always maintained a commitment to Welsh rugby. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So my mum's side, we've got um, cousins who own a, I think they own a box at the Scarlets. So really, really big rugby fans. Uh, that's always been that side of it. She was born in Wrexham, always visiting North Wales, Flendid No Pier, stuff like that. It's always been a part of my life. I wasn't expecting to play for Wales International, but then I don't know if I was expecting to play international at all. You, you kind of just take it one step at a time. And when this kind of thing comes along, you, I mean, there's no chance I'm going to, you're going to say no to something like that. Was there a branch of the family who've always been on that? You even you were playing. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were definitely. Yeah, yeah. Graham was always getting in my ear. She, she just wanted me to play them, but I was, I was trying to block her out. But now it's, it's brilliant. You got a nickname yet in the group? <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, <laughs> at the moment. I've got um, Neil. Uh, just because Alawin accidentally got it wrong, I think, on one day, which was brilliant. He came up to me afterwards, and it was at the launch where he spoke to Owen, and he said, oh, Neil's quite a good lad, and, and Owen got very confused, didn't understand why, <laughs> what he was talking about, and then it quickly dawned on them that he got my name wrong. So definitely an accident. Right, okay. uh, well, I hope he knows it now. Um, <laughs> and it's, yeah, well, it's sticking now, unfortunately. I'm getting all the lads, so trying not to make it, but it might be now, yeah. So, let's hear if that's right. Has it really stuck from prop Win jones who started by looking back to the Italy game. We were happy with last week, but there's a few aspects to work on, as always, you know. Scrum, line-out, set-piece, probably um, we focus a bit more on this week, but um, no, we were generally happy with last week. When Pivac said you weren't hugely happy as a side with some of the interpretations in the scrum, 
Yeah, you know, sometimes it's down to interpretation and what the ref happens to see and, you know, not saying that he was wrong, it's just, you know, that's how it is and some 50-50 sometimes go against you. How does uh, a match against the Irish scrum compare with one against the Italian then? It's a different style of scrum probably, but it's probably a scrum that we've faced more in the past and probably know what's coming a bit more. Tyke Ferling's coming, that's, the, that's who's coming, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, we scrummage against him in the summer, you know, and yeah, I thought we had good returns out there and, you know, we play against him for Leinster... He's a really good rugby player. He's not only set piece, but you know, around the park as well. You know, he's a good ball carrier, and you know that's something we've got to try and nullify. What style of game are you expecting in general, especially given the, the likely conditions out there? Yeah, look, another weather. I think it's probably more up a jumper type of you know rugby if the storm comes in. But you know, both teams got to play in that weather. You know, you just look back to last Six Nations. You know, the roof was open. It wasn't the nicest of days, but we still managed to throw the ball about. So you know, we'd be looking to to play rugby. Yeah. I don't mind a bit of rain myself. <laughs> it slows everything down a bit. Good for the farm? <laughs> yeah. oh, not too much of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're up against another farming boy, aren't you, for long? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So we'll have a chat after. And is it easier for yourself, having known Wayne Pivak for several years with the, the Scarlets, to uh, adapt the changes that he's making? I think the changes are also subtle and you, you can't change everything at once. And A lot has changed, but it's changed for everyone and I think it's refreshing and it's really exciting times, you know. When you see that forecast... Is that when the tight five kind of lick their lips and think, great, this is going to be just what we want, rather than, you know, George <laughs> North might not fancy that forecast too much, but you're thinking, great, this is our sort of game? Yeah, I think, you know, as front five forwards, you, you've got to like a bit of rain, you know, you know you're going to have more scrums, line-outs, smalls, pick-and-goes or whatever, you know, so, no, it's definitely, you'll definitely get more contacts in the game, and, yeah, that's something as front five you probably relish, yeah. And just finally on Wayne, there was a lot of talk last weekend about, you know, a lot of the new coaching setups in the Six Nations and it could take them a bit of time to adapt. I wonder whether because Wayne got a game under his belt and that Wales are that much more settled than some of the other new sides who've got new coaching setups. He seems already like he's he's been in the job for a long time. Yeah, and I think as a coaching set they're very approachable, you know, so that week at the Barbers week it was a good week for the boys who probably didn't know Wayne as well and Steve and Humphrey, you know, and everyone and it was a good week for us all to bond. So we came in, you know, Six Nations, knowing each other and very approachable group of coaching staff and I think that makes it much easier and, you know, everyone can feel and if you want to go and have a chat with the coaches you can and we make him bridges and it's easier than to get into training every day. Before you came in here we had Nick Tompkins in here, is he now an adopted Welshman? Does he have any, <laughs> does he have any face any banter because of the accent? Yeah, a little bit of banter probably for, for his accent, but, you know, he's a top lad and he's just, you know, fitted straight in and, you know, it's brilliant and he's brought a lot of energy with him and he showed that last weekend, you know, so great lad and he's uh, not slotted straight in. Says the nickname Neil is stuck now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, boys are trying to push it hard now, yeah, so hopefully we'll, yeah. Semi-final of the World Cup, Grand Slam, eight wins in a row in the Championship, but still people on the outside think that the Welsh scrum is an area of weakness and they can, other teams should chase it. How do you feel about it? I think it's down to interpretation a lot as well. You know, we we probably changed our scrummage style slightly. We just want to be positive now. We you know we want to scrummage legal. That's probably an area that we we look to in the future to give no penalties away and keep every scrum up. You know, so yeah, we're just looking to be positive. You know, probably on the weekend, food decisions went against us, which were arguably 50-50. You know, but uh, you know that's rugby. That's how it goes, and we move on this week. Hopefully, be better. And as I said, you know, don't drag the ref into it, and we'll be happy days. A key player in midfield will be inside centre Hadley Parks who had the role against Italy of earning the right for others to go wide. Sometimes it's the midfielder's role. I think uh, in the weekend you'll probably see that with uh, the Irish boys as well a little bit. So it'll be, um, you know, they're pretty confrontational lads. Yeah, you got to do what you have to do for the team. And, and fortunately, when we did go wide, we scored some good tries. A great try of set-piece play. 
and then a couple of other tries that went, you know, were well taken there as well. In terms of seeing the sort of scarlet star behind the scrum, that took quite a long time to develop down there. How fast? Uh... It's coming along. Um, it's getting better and better. I think what's helping with that is, is Stephen Jones. Well, a lot of the boys have played under Stephen and, and Wayne and Byron at the, at the Scarlets, and also with Stephen going to the World Cup for a few of those games, um, he kind of got to put implement a few of those things over there as well. So. I think that has been hugely beneficial for him. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Which is interesting to hear. But now let's move on to Wales women. A close game against Italy, chances to win it, but ultimately a narrow defeat. Captain Sean Lillycrap and first coach Chris Horseman gave their verdict and explained the selection for the Ireland game. We looked at the group as we did in the autumn and we make changes where applicable. Just around the back row, it's a really hotly contested area, real area of strength, so we bring the girls in. They've got a bit of a point to prove, which is great, which is what you want, and I think probably that's the key throughout the whole group. I think the girls have got a bit of a point to prove this weekend. They're all itching to get at it, but you know, we've got the girls on the bench as well. They'll come on as last week and make an impact, so... Yes, again, it's just about building the strength and depth, but it's also giving people an opportunity who deserve it. This is the message that they're driving, that they're frustrated, and rightly so, because we weren't as accurate as we possibly needed to be, but we're still in a really good place because, you know, there was an opportunity to win the game at the death. You can't question the unity, the commitment, uh, the endeavour. You know, I thought there were parts of the game that were excellent. The first 15, 20 minutes, I thought our attacking shape was outstanding. But again, with international rugby, if you don't take those chances... The team's going to come back and we just didn't manage the territory in the possession second half. But, you know, you want players who are wanting to prove a point. This is what this group's about, you know, it's not being happy to have performed and almost won it at the death. You know, the girls want to go out there and perform and, and win, which is great as a coach. <laughs> as Chris mentioned, you know, the endeavour and the commitment from the girls was there. You know, we, we defended for quite a long spell of time in, in our 22, but managed to stop them on numerous occasions getting over the whitewash and... That's the wanting desire not to concede, and um, the girls worked really hard. It's just, if we do reflect, maybe there was one or two opportunities left out on the park and how we look after the ball better and, and transition down the field better and be more clinical, you know, we'll, we'll be in a different place again. What are you expecting from the Irish, then? You know, Ireland are a good side, and, you know, they had a good win last weekend against Scotland. They're still trying to qualify for the World Cup, so we know they're going to be a good side, as they always are, but I'm confident that... Everything that we've addressed in training this week and analysed from our games, that we can go out there and have a, have a great performance. It's going to be probably another quick game. Ball in play will probably be quite high, and I think there's meant to be a storm arriving in Ireland on, on Sunday as well, which will probably affect the conditions also. It's going to affect the way we play, because that is a, a strong wind. Cardiff Arms Park is a windy place as well, but that will be a whole new level. But I'm sure when we have our team run on Saturday, we'll be able to judge it better. How much do you take out of the autumn game in Ireland, not just the result, but also the manner of it? It's the same as uh, last Sunday. We could have quite easily snuck that win at the end and suddenly everyone looks at it differently. I think for us as a group, we took a lot of confidence from the performance out in the autumn against Ireland. They're a good group, the Irish group. You know, they've got a particular plan of how they play the game. We're really clear about what they're going to bring to the game, but... The pleasing thing for me as a coach, I've got a group of very, very hungry players who are absolutely itching to get out there this uh, Sunday. So, again, with the conditions, you know, if it's windy again, great. It's an opportunity to actually go into those conditions again because you look at potentially a World Cup in 2021. 
not always going to be blue skies and uh, dry tracks, is it? Sometimes it's going to be windy, sometimes it's going to be rainy. So, again, it's good for the group to adapt and, and learn lessons from it. We are hungry for it. We felt the fe- that after the game as a squad, we, we were emotional, and I think that's because we were disappointed, not necessarily in our performance, because I, I think the girls you know, put a huge defensive shift in, but disappointed that we didn't take more from that match. But that feeling then is transmitted into training this week, and you know we had a real good session earlier this week, so our prep is going well and our confidence is up there. Yeah, just looking forward to the weekend now to put those things right, essentially. And, you know, Six Nations is a step up. It's a big competition, one that's viewed all around the world and everyone wants to have a good finish there. But we're not content just to lie down and, and be losers anymore. We, we want to push forward and we want to show World Rugby essentially the journey that we're on and put in performances that make people turn their heads. So coming into a starting place in the back row is Manon Johns, who has a pretty exciting year ahead of her, as we'll hear. First, her reaction to being back in the side after missing the autumn series with injury. Yeah, definitely. I'm feeling a lot better than I did in the autumns. I could barely walk back then. So, yeah, I'm happy to be back and just enjoying my rugby again. Played a bit of club rugby before coming back to Six Nations. And, yeah, just getting back into the full swing of things now. Obviously involved last week, but a start over in Dublin, that's not necessarily the easiest place to go. No, it's not. But I'm very excited for the opportunity and... They are a very exciting team to play against as well. We played against them in the warm match a couple of weeks ago as well. That was an enjoyable game to play in and hopefully it will be the same this weekend. What's the feeling on the back of that Italian game, a sort of frustrating defeat? Yeah, frustrating because we showed how threatening we can be at moments in attack when we had the ball, but it's just a question of keeping possession for longer so we can transfer that into more tries because we spent a lot less time than them in our opposition 22, yet we transferred it into tries, so the more we can do that, the higher point of scoring game we can get. So yeah. And for yourself, that back row is a mighty competitive area, isn't it? What's that like? Yeah, it's very competitive. Everyone there could definitely have the starting jersey. It only drives standards within the squad, so... As much as it's a bane in a way, I enjoy it because you are driving into the standards, you're doing extras all the time after training and you're focusing on the little details that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise and you don't take the shit for granted in that way. Just on a personal note, so I'll just come out of Glantav and heading up to Oxford, that must be quite exciting. Yeah, it's exciting, it's a lot to think about. I think with rugby you live very much in the moment because you take it game by game and you don't really look into the future that much, so I haven't really thought about it that much. It's not going to be that fun travelling every week from Oxford to Cardiff, but yeah, wouldn't have it any other way and I'm excited for the opportunity next year as well. What are you going to be studying? Geography. I'm into volcanoes and immigration and stuff like that, so yeah, I'm excited to further that as well as my rugby. There's been this huge development in women's rugby over the last few years and the women's varsity match yeah. at Twickenham is one of those big areas. Are you looking forward to that as well? Yeah, definitely. And it's televised as well, which gives great exposure to the women's game. Yeah, I'm excited to get that in my blue, hopefully. So, yeah, that would be good. I've been in contact with them and they seem very supportive with their sporting system. And hopefully I'll get to play in it and it'll be exciting. And luckily it's not in the national window because it's in December. So, yeah, hopefully I'll get to play in that. And will you be travelling back to and forward? Yeah, I think my car will be my second home by the end of the year. But yeah, because the terms are short, I think it'll work out okay. It's just, it'll be intense. (laughs) Balancing three years of study with an international rugby career as well, that's going to be a little extra burden, isn't it? I think you have to not look at it as a burden, look at it as opportunities instead. Yeah, stressful. I mean, we're all the same though within the squad. Lots of other girls in uni. I'm only 19 once, I only get these opportunities once, so take them with both hands, you know. I mean, I'm playing for my country and I'm getting to go to an 
amazing university. So yeah, I'm just excited. Three and a half years time, you could be uh, you're obviously an Oxford graduate, an experienced international rugby player, volcano expert. <laughs> Volcanologist, yeah. <laughs> That's a better yeah. word. Where do you see yourself going in the long run? I don't know, hopefully I might do a master's or just further my career in university. I think it's easy to stay in uni and I'm not sure to be honest. I mean, I'd like to work abroad, but obviously that doesn't work with rugby. It depends as well how fast the women's game is going to professionalise in Wales as well. It's very hard to look into the future, so you're very much living in the moment, taking it year by year, day by day. So hopefully I'll just enjoy uni, specialise in something I enjoy and carry on with my rugby. Yeah, and you know in women's rugby you're in one of the fastest moving areas of you know, British sports yeah. at the moment. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Just looking back five years, how long it's come. And like since I stopped playing with the boys, it's just grown so much. And people watching it. It's on, even like two years ago, the Six Nations was hardly on the BBC. I mean, even that is giving us great exposure. And it's driving standards as well. This competition is going up and up all the time. So it's only better for the sport. It was a tough night as well for Wales under-20s against Italy. Again, a defeat, but with chances to have grabbed victory. Here's the reaction of coach Gareth Williams naturally disappointed i wouldn't say shocked we you know we know the pedigree of that italian team and we know um you know the work that's the foundations they've put in at that developmental level i think i mentioned last week about their under 18s last year you know we put a real good program together there and right and how were the players after it disappointed um like we say we want to win as many games as we possibly can yeah the players were disappointed didn't have much possession and the possession we had quite wasteful with it you know mm. so that was disappointing uh, from that point of view and yeah there are areas that we look to work on this week and come back and improve on we had a large group of older players move through last season i probably shown then in the age profile of of the group that we had out mm. italy were probably on a on a different scale from that point of view and it even relates to you know the competition exposure that they get a lot of our players they'll be in the highest level they've played at ever or it's the highest level they've played at since maybe the Junior World Cup um, last year, where you had a number of the Italian boys playing regular Calvisano in Europe and things. So that kind of exposure at certain positions can have an effect. But yeah, the age profile of the group, it is young, but uh, still disappointed that you know we were on the back end of a 10-point defeat. You couldn't ask for a tougher test in the next game, though, could you? No, Grand Slam champions yes. at home. <laughs> but then at, at the same time, I think we're pretty good as well, just being underdogs. And that could be a frustration of mine as well. So, look, we've got to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off. And it sounds like a cliche, but just get stuck into them, you know. And, you know, there were elements of the pack which, you know, we stood up well to a quite an experienced Italian pack. And, you know, those elements we can take advantage of. And if we can take out the mistakes that we've spoken about, we have a good crack at them. The Irish production line seems to be very good at this level maybe they've got more players or not I don't know but their school system works well and if you look at all the players they're turning out in Leinster and you look at the results from the A uh, league in the start they seem to be a real step or two ahead of us. Yeah, the A-League at that 23-year-old levels and the depth within their regional squads is um, is quite apparent. Their school system is you know hugely uh, influential and hugely impressive, and especially around that Leinster area. So, yeah, a real tough nut to crack. But the Grand Slam champions last year and finished eighth at the Junior World Cup, and we know exactly what the challenge is, and, yeah, we're excited about going and taking it head-on. Johan Lloyd, he's probably had the most first-team experience yeah. with, with Bristol. Yeah, his exposure's been brilliant at Bristol, and that's you know, testament to his talent, to be fair. He's available this week. There's a selection of fixtures where he's available, and that's just in conjunction with 
Pat Lamb and you know they've been very accommodating and we spend a lot of time discussing his development amongst each other but he's available this week. And there's talk with linking Sam Costello with, uh, with the Scarlets and Luke Scully with uh, Cardiff Blues. How much of a, a boost would that be if they were to uh, come back for their next senior contract? Yeah, it'd be brilliant you know, to develop as much depth as possible in, in Welsh rugby, to be honest. So um, their development with the English clubs has been fantastic to this point. I know a big focus is that we just want them to be Welsh and, and keep them Welsh. If we can have them in Wales and add into that depth, that's brilliant. Are you having many of those uh, sort of contests over nationalities at the moment? No, it's quite quiet at the moment, to be honest. Uh, schooling's been an issue, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it seems to be a trend of going uh, earlier. You know, we, uh, Stephen Varney on the weekend, you know, he's up in Hartbury. He was superb for Italy, absolutely fantastic. And he was the same for the under-18s last year. He owes me a coffee, actually, uh, from Christmas Eve. But uh, <laughs> he's, um, he's developing. And my interest in this role is, is he going to be Welsh at 23? That's the big thing, you know, because talents like that, we just want to increase depth within Welsh rugby. Captain Jack Morgan was trying to take the positives. Hoping the boys will, uh, will have learned from last weekend, uh, but not dwell too much on the game, which is important. So um, on Friday night now, hoping we can uh, have a lot more possession with the ball and uh, minimise the errors that we have with the ball ball in hand. In defence and with their attack in, it's just to win the ball back and uh, try and get a turnover or force an error out of them. A bit more precision, maybe? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A bit more accurate with ball in hand and minimise the errors and the component errors, like, yeah. uh, like the knock-ons and, uh, and so forth. A couple of system errors in the line-out as well was the other frustrating thing watching. Yeah, yeah, um, there's a couple of errors in the, in the line-up, but we're working on that in the week and uh, hopefully that'll be better by, uh, by Friday or it will be better. So big job for the captain now. Uh, you probably take feel the responsibility more than anybody, but you're now going to face the best team from last year. Yeah, yeah, in fair play, Ireland won the, uh, won the Grand Slam last year, so uh, it'll be always be hard out in Ireland. It was a, it was a close game uh, last year, so um, I'm hoping now on Friday night we're going to go out there and uh, get a result. How were some of the younger players who just had their first taste of it uh, afterwards? A lot of them, they play well. Maybe been nervous, I certainly I was nervous last year with my first cap. But uh, after having the first one of the way, they'll just grow in confidence and uh, build in and grow into the game on Friday night against Ireland. Probably learn more from a defeat and uh, we can look over our errors and uh, build more as a team and, and grow re- ready for and it's a, it's a long campaign. It's important that we uh, don't dwell too much on the game and look forward to the upcoming games. And if you get Italy again in the Junior World Cup, you chase that Varney bloke and get hold of him, yeah? Yeah, yeah, He was yeah. very good, wouldn't he? Fair play. Yeah, in all fairness, he was brilliant. Pinned us back in a couple of places and uh, managed the game very well. So, yeah, no, definitely we'll, uh, we'll have to keep an eye. Yeah. How was he afterwards? Did he come up and rib a couple of you or not? No, no, he's, he's, a, he's a right, he's a right. Uh, <laughs> spoke a bit of well. But uh, no, is that right? <laughs> There's a lot of attention to the fact some of them are playing semi-pro, the likes of Carvasano, more of their teams probably a little bit older. Did you get that feeling that you're up against a slightly more battle-hardened outfit? They were certainly very physical, but I thought we front up on, uh, on the physicality side of it. But uh, because they only scored one try throughout the whole game, and the other were with all the other points of penalties, and it was only 17 uh, full time, which is 10 points. So. I think we fronted up against their physicality, but their ball retention was brilliant and uh, we couldn't get the ball for, uh, away from them. And for someone like yourself, who has played at regional level, how did that compare? It was quite similar. It was uh, fast-paced, so yeah, it was a tough game. One outside half, Sam Costello knows there are lessons for the young squad. Yeah, was, we were disappointed after it, and then obviously reviewing the game. It was sort of our own errors, really, that cost us with our discipline with them. And then just little errors with our breakdown wasn't really good enough with the... Um, our speed to get there and our, obviously our effectiveness in the breakdown. 
and obviously it cost us with them having so much possession and territory. They just kept the scoreboard ticking over and eventually got the better of us. So yeah, we're obviously disappointed, but we there are our own little errors, if you know what I mean. We can work on them and we can obviously get better and looking forward to another tough test against Ireland then this week. Fairly straightforward challenge they presented, wasn't it? But uh, yeah. I suppose if you can't break them down, it, it gets yeah, tough. Yeah, exactly. They had a simple game plan, but it, it worked effectively. They didn't make that many errors. They kept the ball. They kept getting penalties, good at the set piece, and eventually got too many points for us to catch up. It doesn't get any easier going over to Ireland next, does it? No, obviously they're the Six Nations champions, won their first game, so they're probably quite confident going into it, but we've got the boys, the coaches to do so, so I think it's just about going out there now and actually proving a point, because we've got the side to do so. Against the Six Nations champion to put your name out there again, if you know what I mean. Good opportunity to show what we can do and hopefully get our win again on Friday night. What do you do in terms of game plan? Do you try and stick to the idea, right, we're going to be fairly expansive or do you think we're Ireland away we're, we're going to have to button things down a bit no you, you go into it playing obviously expansive rugby but especially as a 10 you go look at the conditions like the wind the rain if it's windy you might have to run it a bit more in the first half if you're against it or use the kicking in the second half if you've got the wind yeah you sort of just look at the conditions see what Ireland bring back whether they're good in attack, like counter-attack, and we'll just go from there. But Richard Fussell's really good with that, and he'll speak with us half-packs, and we'll go through that in the week before going to the game on Friday. In terms of development, they often say you learn more from your losses than from your victories. Yeah, you definitely do. You definitely learn, especially as young half-backs for me and Dav. We'll learn now different, like when we're going on the back foot, what to do um, in those situations again, and then hopefully if we come to them, if it happens again we can uh, get out of that sticky situation. Plenty to react to next week on the Welfare Reunion podcast, but until then, goodbye.